Hello, listeners. Welcome to Freelance Friday with Vay Casey, a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experience of a current full-time freelancer. And uh, today's episode is one from a series of interviews with members from Weld. Weld is a collaborative workspace. Uh, they have a location in Nashville, and there used to be a location in Dallas where I was a member at for four years and uh, really helped me get my freelance um, business going and kind of get into that world. Um, during my time there, I learned a lot and I made a lot of great relationships with some incredible creatives in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And so uh, I decided to reach out to a few of them um, to see if they would be interested in doing interviews and grace, graciously uh, and gratefully they accepted. And so uh, these few episodes are going to be those interviews with them. And so uh, today's interview is with Courtney Ware. Courtney is a filmmaker and editor, um, and she has such an eye for beautiful cinematography and how to direct that. Uh, She worked on a feature-length film a couple years back called Sunny in the Dark, which you should definitely check out. Highly recommend it. It's such a beautiful film and was shot just a couple of blocks away from my studio. And Courtney has always been such a relaxed and down-to-earth person, somebody that I feel like I can talk to about things and just kind of is so just even-natured. And it's very encouraging and inspiring to me to be in contact and uh, com- and community with people like that. And... Uh, and I'm specifically really um, just intrigued and inspired by the way that she goes about getting business, which you'll hear about in a few minutes in the interview with her. Um, and so that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have her come on today for the interview. Anyway, let's jump into it. Thanks for coming on, Courtney. Thanks, Casey. This is Courtney Ware. What's up? Another, yet another Weld member. Yet another one. I don't know, I've lost a, count of how many I've... A post-Weld member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post weld. Uh, thanks for coming on. I've known Courtney for I guess what probably been like two or three, four years. I think closer to four years. Four years, something yeah. like that. I think. And uh, Courtney's story is a little bit different because uh, she does a lot of uh, like indie film stuff, uh, and kind of not your typical uh, project, like freelance project, I feel like when it comes to like production kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'll let her tell you about it a little bit. Uh, I guess like, I don't know, tell us about what you do and I'm interested to see like kind of how you got into that. Yeah. Um, so I definitely call myself an independent filmmaker. Um, and kind of my year is split about 50 50 between um, independent narrative work and what I call corporate work. Um, so sometimes, depending on the year, it doesn't quite match that 50 50, but that's kind of what I'm aiming for. Um, so most of my corporate stuff, um, at least in the last two years, has been a ton of editing, uh, which has been really nice. Um, but yeah, I just sort of kind of came up this way. Um, more towards more along the independent film side as far as getting into even the corporate stuff um i was on my first i interned on my first uh film project uh when i was 18 and i kid you not it was one of those um i got an email that was forwarded from a guy that knew a guy that knew a guy there were like four four forwards on this email and uh it was this film production that was looking for interns and um, reached out to them and said, hey, I'm in, uh, I'm in school, but 
you know, can I come in the afternoons after, after I finish school? And they're like, yeah. So I would, I would leave film school, go to the film set. That crew, um, moved on to a, another film. They brought me with them as a, as a PA this time. So I got my first paycheck officially. Um, and then that crew ended up moving on to prison break, uh, which was being shot in Dallas. And so, um, all through college, I was working, I was going to school on Tuesdays and Thursdays and working on, uh, as a PA on prison break, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, so it was, it was amazing because I got a, uh, a ton of experience. I would, I would be that kid who would, you know, PAs, you get coffee and water for people and I would bring water to the director and awkwardly stand there and eavesdrop as much as possible. But, you know, like, I feel like I did it cool so that they didn't notice, maybe. I don't know. But I mean, you're, you've gotten where you are. Like, <laughs> at least it worked a little bit. So it worked a little bit. Um, yeah, because network television, you get a new director every uh, every eight days. So I was like, this is this is prime. This is a great way for me to figure this out. Um, in the meantime, though, I, uh, I got connected with another independent director, um, and so I started working for him kind of part-time freelance uh, just as an assistant. Uh, he was a local director. And um, so through him, I started doing a bunch of um, more corporate side of stuff. Um, but he's the one that I ended up uh, producing my first feature film before the age of 21 with him. Um, and so I sort of was taught a lot about more of the producing side um, through him. And it was just a really great, again, I was still in school. So, so but you said you were 18 at the time, whenever you did the first internship and you were in film school. So had you finished high school earlier or what was, no, it was literally that summer. Um, so it was like before you, was it, had you already started school or were you yeah. like beginning? I mean, it was like barely my freshman year. Okay. So, um, but I was a really bad film school student because, uh, I was frustrated that I was having to leave film school to go to film sets. Um, so it was, it was funny cause I ended up, um, sort of moving my fil- film school experience more to the, like the film theory side as opposed to production. Cause I was getting a ton of production, um, just knowledge and whatnot on actual sets. So, so where, where were you going for the film school stuff? I was going to North Texas. So okay. up in Denton. Okay. Um, with with this kind of that like co like going into things as you're like going into school um and you mentioned like moving over to more like the theory side of stuff or whatever do you feel like that you were uh do you feel like it was worth going to school for that stuff or like in hindsight would you go back and do it again or what are your thoughts on school i'm so glad that you asked that question um I actually get asked that question on a lot, surprisingly. I don't know why. Just probably because I have a really strong opinion on it. Um, for me, school was very frustrating uh, because I felt like I was being held held back from what I wanted to do because I had to keep taking Spanish classes, if you will, to be able to graduate. Um, so I finally kind of came to this conclusion that I think I think everyone needs to do something to where they're not stupid. So if that means like working as an intern and actually being uh, in whatever job you want to do, or if that means going to school, whatever that means for you, you you do need some sort of training and equipping and people who are much smarter than you kind of telling you how to do things. Um, 
whether that's school or not, I don't really care because I, you know, I think you can find value outside of the quote unquote school system, um, especially in like in creative uh, vocations like what we do. Um, I don't think it's necessary. But that being said, um, you know, if it's the thing that you need to not be stupid in what you're doing, by all means, go to school. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a frustrating time for me cause I just wanted to be on set. And, uh, so yeah. So did you end up finishing graduating or did you I drop did. out? I did. No, okay. I did. I finished. It was one of those things where like, um, I kind of didn't realize how I was feeling about it until, um, my junior and senior year. And at that point I had put in this much of an effort towards it that I wanted to go ahead and finish it. Um, so, but I did, I did do everything possible to be able to finish it quickly. Okay. Uh, so then as far as, uh, I mean, once you, once you got in and started doing the interning and you start working on these different shows and stuff, were you, cause I know now I think you primarily do editing now, right? Yeah. It's, um, it's sort of pushed that way. Um, my, like my ideal situation would be to, uh, direct a feature film about every three years. It takes a lot out of you creatively. Um, but I still love collaborating with other people. And so um, editing, I used to produce a lot, but editing seems to be where I've landed, where I still get my, to be involved in the storytelling aspects of things. Um, so yeah, it, it has, for whatever reason, sort of in both uh, the corporate side, but also the narrative side, it seems like editing has been where I've landed. Now, but that, but that was that more of a... Did you ever originally like see yourself doing that or kind of go like, this is what I want to be doing and, and be an editor or? I mean, so when I was. to kind of like narrow yeah. down to When that? I was working for um, that guy in, in college, the director, I was doing a lot of corporate editing. I remem- remember that we had this, uh, we had this project that it was um, a karate instructional video and uh, there was, they had filmed something like 200 karate moves and I was literally having to like puzzle piece together the same thing over and over again. And in that time I was like, I hate editing. This sucks. Uh, and so I never thought I'd go into editing and, um, but it was a skill that I had and something that, um, you know, is easy. It was easy for me to kind of help out in that way, uh, when I was assisting other random people or whatever. Um, but then when I got, I, uh, I directed my first feature film uh, in 2014 and ended up editing it as well. And um, something clicked for me in that, in that process because I had my own, I was faced with my own uh, failures, if you will, as a director, like trying to edit my own stuff. And, um, but in that process, editing came alive for me. Uh, there was something not working in... You, I mean, you saw a bunch of the cuts. Oh, yeah. So there's something not working in the first, like, two or three cuts, and I couldn't figure it out. And finally, a friend of mine said, um, why don't you just rearrange the whole thing? I was like, what? I can do that? I can't do that. I'm not allowed to do that. I was like, okay, I'll try it. And so I took a bunch of sticky notes and uh, rearranged the entire film uh, on with sticky notes first and then went into the edit and redid it, and it suddenly worked. And, like, this a million light bulbs went off where I was just like, this is unbelievable that you can go in and something that you intended this way, you can re-edit it, restructure it, 
rework things, and then suddenly you have a film that connects with people that uh, has an emotional through line that wasn't there beforehand. It's the same footage, it's yeah. just in a different order. It's really the way you like cut it and put it together. It's like a lot of times, really, I mean, while it really matters, it does matter how things are written, how things are shot. Like ultimately, the editor is kind of where a lot of that final stuff really falls because they're like the last person that touches that. They're the one yeah. that puts it together and, and and kind of like ultimately decides what's in and what's not. And definitely, it was really exciting to like see all that happen. So. So yeah. then, so now you're doing more editing, mm-hmm. um, and you're doing. You said you're doing about like half and half, like corporate versus like film stuff, features yeah. kind of stuff. What? Uh, I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but you said you don't really do anything as far as like marketing and stuff. You just like have a few companies that you work for. Can you can you like unpack that and tell us a yeah. little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm terrible at marketing myself. Um, I think it's it's definitely a uh, a skill that I do not possess, and so um, I sort of stumbled on this idea, and when I realized it, uh, realized that it worked really well, um, and then pushed it a little bit further. But um, I basically started uh, assisting a bunch of local directors and producers, and so I would come and just do odd jobs on sets and um, meet more people and let them know, let DPs know, hey, I'm available to assist on anything. Here's the five things that I can do. Um, And it ended up working out to where uh, probably there were about three production companies that I had been assisting with for years that finally uh, got to the point to where they they needed me to help out in bigger roles. And so then I started producing for them or would start instead of just – managing files or edits for them would actually start editing the project all the way through. And so it was sort of this, this growing trust. Um, you know, you learn how certain people like things to be done, uh, and you can sort of start adapting to that. Um, and so really just kind of kept working with these people and essentially making myself valuable to them. Uh, and then probably right outside of, after I graduated college, uh, started my own production company. I put that in quotes because <laughs> it it was literally just a name. Uh, and again, I was always being hired by other production companies to come in and do X, Y, or Z. Um, so now uh, I'm on I'm on a roster as a director with a production company. Uh, I do a lot of producing for another one. Um, another one sends me leads that are, um, you know, not quite something that he wants to chase, but maybe on a smaller scale. So he'll literally just send me the lead and I, under their company name, I will then head up whatever that project is. Um, I have another one who literally just sends me hard drives and I just edit things for them. So um, it's it's really, as a freelancer, really been kind of this amazing thing that I stumbled upon because uh, when I go off to do a feature film, I kind of call them up and say, hey, I'm unavailable for the next six weeks. When I get back, hey, I'm available again, and they'll send me work. Um, So it's been, I mean, it's been incredible to be able to have those relationships. Um, And, you know, they're the ones that are going out and finding those jobs, and then I'm just making those jobs happen for them so that's rad yeah dude 
Congrats on that. Thanks. As an introvert, it's like a really good place to be. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that, especially that's, it's interesting that you're able to, it's cool that you're able to leave and and go work on other projects for a while and come back and still have that in place kind of to where you can do that. Um, Because I feel like a lot of times that if companies are going to get to the point where they're bringing people in like that, that they're more likely to hire somebody on full time to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And so... And maybe this is just my lack of experience in that realm, but I I would feel like that the the position that you're in, they would be more likely to either be like, well, we'll do we'll have some stuff here and there, or have somebody on full time. Yeah, I mean that definitely has happened. Um, you know that five or six companies has changed throughout the years um, because uh, yeah, the the jobs that I would do as a contract worker maybe I couldn't fulfill that as their own companies start growing. And so they'd hire someone in. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, there's still that, um, sort of nervousness that comes in with freelancers of, you know, you're either going to be in a feast or famine situation. Um, and so, yeah, that's still, even though that I've, I've seemed to find this random way to get jobs, there's still not a guarantee with that. You know, I'm not, I'm not contracted with them. Uh, I don't have any sort of uh, retainer with them or anything. And so if they don't have any jobs, I don't have any jobs. So, uh, yeah, there's still definitely that toss-up. Do you uh, do you find that, that having those hands in, like, several different places like that brings you work more consistently? Or is it just, or is it the like feast and famine, but like multiplied to where it's like whenever you have it a lot, you're like slammed. But then when you don't, you have like, because I think I, de- I know for me, ideally, like the, the the idea is that you get to a point where you kind of just like you have your hands in a few different things and work is kind of like whenever one thing's down and other one's up. So you always have this like nice ebb and flow. But yeah. I've never actually been able to get. I've never been able to actually get to that point. It's always. I a don't lot think that not. exists. <laughs> like. um yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't understand why, because I try and, like, look back at the year before, and I'm like, okay, I was really busy during this month, so that means I'm going to be really busy again. Nope. Um, you know, and, and, again, it's things that are out of my control uh, as far as, like, what jobs are available, what you know, it, there does seem to be a little bit of some flex with fiscal fiscal years uh, with companies that are looking for video work. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's I think this past year it's leveled out a little bit. Um, but my husband's a freelancer, too. And so we both sort of live uh, like a couple weeks ago. We were both sitting on the couch like twiddling our thumbs kind of like oh no uh but then this week has been insane so um I don't know I really I like that aspect of freelance work and that you never have the same day twice but uh yeah I don't think that I think that's like a mythical thing where you can just have constant work maybe some people have figured that out but I don't know or how to maybe do that. that's not maybe that's like being hired somewhere yeah versus like being freelance yeah <laughs> uh what, uh, what, what are you like from your experience and 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 whatnot? If you're talking to somebody that's new, that's getting into freelancing, um, or maybe they've even been in in it for a year or two, 
uh, I mean, what do you feel like are some of the more important things for them to know or to focus on or to, to like put their time into? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, freelancing is so much about networking and finding relationships and cultivating those. So I tell people all the time, uh, just be a kind human being. Uh, and I guarantee you'll be hired again. Um, there's a certain level of, of course, like learning and expertise and talent that you need to have. Um, but what it comes down to are those, uh, the, those relationships and, and like, you know, once you get the job being hired again. Um, so being a kind person is like the number one advice I give. Um, outside of that is just kind of, you need to have sort of a steel stomach, meaning like you are going to be in those feast or famine zones. And when you're, when you're working a lot, being able to, uh, honestly, like use your time wisely and, and that extra income wisely so that when you're in those times where there's no work, um, you can relax a little bit, but always, always knowing that like, excuse me, that, uh, those next jobs will come, you know, and keep going after them and they'll come. Uh, and everyone is going through the same thing. Every freelancer is trying to find that next job and is not sure exactly where it's going to come from. Um, and so you're not alone in that, but yeah, I think, I think those relationships and just being able to that like catchphrase networking, I think that just boils down to like, do you work well with others? Yes or no. Do you, uh, as far as the, you're talking about like, uh, like money and planning ahead kind of mm -hmm. and like the feast or famine kind of stuff. What, uh, did you, have you always been like done a good job of planning ahead for that kind of stuff no. or what's that process been like? Cause I know for me the first couple of years, um, I mean, I'm five years in and I'm just now kind of really feeling like I'm getting a grasp on whenever there's like, maybe I have a really great month. And there's a lot of money in my account and I'm have to be like, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. Yep. Because next month might not be this way. Exactly. Yeah. No, I've, I definitely was not always that way. Um, and don't forget, you know, I, I technically started freelancing. I've never had a job that wasn't freelance, uh, that's not true. I was a waitress for like six months. <laughs> That's my only like actual job that I had that has not been sort of this way. So I've been working as a freelancer for 13 years now. So I've like, this has been, I've been trying, I've been trying to figure this out for a long time. Um, but yeah, in college, that was really hard because thankfully I still had uh, some support systems to where I couldn't make rent and I was able to, uh, you know, get a, a loan for a little while to be able to cover that. Um, but yeah, I think that's the hardest thing because you, you don't, you're not automatically really good at being able to manage your money. Um, so I think just having people around you that can, uh, support you, even if it's just telling you you're going to be okay, uh, don't worry. Um, but yeah, I think that's that restraint when you do get those months where you made more than you've ever made before or something, being able to be like, hang on, like calm down. Uh, let's, let's find a place to put that money so that next month when I don't have that job, I can still buy groceries. So, yeah. Uh, now with your, uh, the, the nature of your freelance stuff, I think is interesting to you, at least because I, a lot of the projects that I do are like full, 
production mm-hmm. are with like a business to business deal where I'm, it's another company that's come to hire me to produce a video whereas for you it's more i don't know it's third party is that or or we'll say yeah and so you're you're being contracted by a company that's been contracted so it's subcontracting there we go that's 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 what i was looking for yeah there we go (laughs) the hierarchy uh what how do you handle that those situations as far as like contracts or payment schedules or if they don't pay you and like all of those kinds of things? That's a good question. Um, there are a couple of these companies that I have sort of just a good track record with. And so it's honestly more of a, a spoken contract. Um, there are a couple of companies that I will send um, a proposal for um you know, how much I think that this project is going to take and what, and that like lays everything out as far as expectations for each party. Um, and then there's some where I just say, pay me 50% up front and 50% when I deliver. Um, so it's, it's, again, it's going back to that whole relationship thing. Um, I have different relationships with each of these companies. Um, and so depending on the project and the company, I have sort of different ways to protect everyone. Uh, I always say like, you know, make sure that you get everything written down in an email. So if you have a phone call and you, you guys figure out something, send an email that has that. And I always say it's just to keep everyone friends because you want to have, uh, if there is ever an issue, you want to have that written proof of, you know, this is what we talked about. You know, just send me an email back that says yes. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 a hard one to kind of answer. Yeah, I um, get that. tried or true thing. That's... And it's interesting, like, talking about that stuff. It's how I feel like I'll, every time I talk with people about stuff like this and about how they, like, move forward with stuff, a lot of it comes back down to communication. Absolutely. And just, like, everybody kind of being on the same page. Yeah. Um. I mean, and I've even gotten to the point, kind of to your point about emails and, and, like, keeping everything written down where if I get off a phone call with somebody – I'll take notes while I'm on the call and then get down and be like, okay, these are all the things that we talked about. I know you were there, but. Yeah, or <laughs> I'll, or I'll ask you know, a client or whoever it is I'm talking to, cool, when we get out the phone, will you send me an email, please, that has like all yep. this stuff, just like recap, because I know we talked about it, but I need to have it like written down somewhere. And I've even got to the point now where sometimes I'll have clients that would like text me or if it was somebody that was like more even more close with it maybe they messaged me on facebook and so we'll have like a little bit of a conversation here a little bit over here in text a little bit over here in email and i've gotten to the point where it's like hey email me like we're gonna keep it all right here in email so it's all in this one place it's so funny you say that because um i mentioned my my husband cameron is also a freelancer he does the same thing his voicemail says please email me uh, if anyone texts him, he won't respond to their text other than saying, hey, good to hear from you. Please send me this in an email um, because it's the same thing. Like, you know, you can get there's so many ways to contact you nowadays that it can just get really messy. And so finding that way to sort of boil things down so that you always have like a database, really, of like this is what we talked about. Um, but, yeah, phone calls are can get tricky because you know, someone might remember something differently. So yeah, it's good. What, uh, so you mentioned your, the short film a couple of years, or not a short film, it was a feature length film, mm-hmm. Sonny in the Dark. So yeah. a few years back, Courtney produced 
or what, what are all of your roles then? Director and editor? I directed, produced, and edited. Directed, produced, and edited. Yep. Very pretty film. Great, great movie. Thanks. Sunny in the Dark. You should check it out. That's available. <laughs> Plug. Uh, it's available on iTunes, uh, Amazon Prime, uh, Google Play, and Vimeo On Demand. Cool. I recommend it. It was shot just up the block from my studio. It was. The oh. American Beauty Mill Lofts here in uh, the Cedars in Dallas, Texas. Yep. And um, where else can people find you online? Yeah. Um, so my quote-unquote production company is um, awarefilms.com. Uh, Aware Films is, of course, a playoff of my last name, Courtney Ware. I am aware of that. Yes. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny, like, when I introduce myself uh and tell them what my company name is like the the slow dawning of oh oh, oh yeah, well, that's clever I get it. that's good um <laughs> so yeah um really like uh i don't again i don't really market myself through that company so all of my narrative works that are directed and and really coming from me personally are through aware films um most everything else is uh through other production companies like i mentioned um i just edited a feature film called never going back uh which a24 picked up uh we went to sundance um and south by and uh that's been a really fun project but uh i edited it with the director augustine frizzell so that is actually being released on august 3rd um so that's exciting so you can see that congrats Uh, on that thank you uh just got another um feature film editing job that hopefully will be released next year um that i'm really excited about and uh yeah other than that find me on instagram and cool what is what does it take how on in your experience on average how long does it take to start to finish to edit a feature length film oh man that's a really that's a hard one it just depends it really depends on if things are clicking from day one or you know sunny in the dark took me six months of editing uh just because you know you keep you keep knocking your head up against the wall and it's like it's still not working and then finally it does, and then you're like, okay, I fixed the problem, but now I've caused myself like four other problems in the timeline, so I gotta go fix all that. So, um, whereas never going back was probably the fastest editing um, turnaround that I've ever experienced ever in all of my experience in different forms. We shot it in August. I was editing on set. Uh, I had the first cut two days after we wrapped um i had the entire film was cut um and then we got so that would have been september we got the notification that we got into sundance in november um and then had to deliver it by december so we had we had basically gone from september to december from a rough cut to the fine cut it was like panic inducing um, had y'all not done anything on it in that during that time in between oh no, or what we was... were still working on it okay. but you know nobody ever assumes that you're going to get into sundance um and so we were like yeah yeah if we get into sundance and then we got the notification and it was like our timeline suddenly like jumped uh, to a much shorter timeline, our what we assumed was actually going to happen uh, with not getting in didn't actually happen, and so suddenly we had to uh, 
hurry up on a lot of things. So um, that's where like a co-editing thing was really great. I have a picture of Augustine, the director, and I like on the same desk, in the same room, in the project on two different like sections of the film like working at the same time and so like that was nice because we got things done almost twice as fast so it was a really crazy thing uh, i don't sounds, i don't recommend doing things like that. <laughs> um well um i don't feel like i have any more questions right now That's good. do you have anything else that you want to talk about or you feel like that we haven't covered that people should know about you or words of wisdom about freelancing that you have to share that we have not talked about? Um, no, I feel like we covered a lot of everything. I think just if you're wanting to go into freelance work, just know, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's a high risk, high reward lifestyle. Um, so just, you know, I think if you're, you have those expectations going into it, then, uh, you know, you'll be able to reap those rewards. So cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Casey. Yep. Have a good one. See you next time. Adios. Freelance Friday is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a full-service video production company based in Dallas, Texas. Vacacy. Big video production value. Freelance agility and scale.